0: welcome to the ecg podcast the show where some east coast buddies who have never met in person gather remotely once a week to hang out and discuss our love for video games i'm one of your hosts chris waterman joining you from jacksonville florida this evening for our episode for the uh week of june 5th 2020 i'm joined tonight by mr adam gumbert from lexington kentucky what's up adam hey doing all right we've got a special guest here from atlanta georgia Dowell. Welcome, Dowell. Hey. What up? Long-time listener, first cast po- uh, first-time podcaster, rather. Oh, excited to have you on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We got Georgia Ravelo from the tip of America's Dick, Miami, Florida. What up, what up? We got Zach Cassell from Boston, Massachusetts.
1: What is going on?
0: Robbie Bobby Miller from Baltimore, Maryland. How are you, Bobby? Hi. <laughs> I'm bringing yeah. the energy I see this evening. Uh, so... It would be disingenuous, I think, for us to go any further in the podcast without acknowledging the, uh, the sad events of um, the recent current events. We're recording this uh, in the midst of, um, I would say, widespread uh, mourning and protest amongst the, uh, or I should say, in reaction to the murder of George Floyd by the Minneapolis Police Department, as seen by no doubt millions of people by now, a horrible, horrible, uh tragedy um i think frustrations have reached a, a fever, pit, fever pitch in the country and um out of a terrible thing we're seeing um you know some uh i i think unprecedented um reactions um on a national and international level um so we wanted to t- t- take some time and, and talk through it um and uh really just kind of check in with each other and uh, do a little bit of uh purging of the souls it's been a a tough couple of weeks for sure Um, how's everybody doing how's everyone feeling
2: I'll go ahead and start Um, as a black man and a father it's uh, it's a tough time just for many reasons you know um, it's tough because every day when I go out the first thing people see is that I am black but as a father it's even crazier you know my daughter's only four months old and I'm already faced with the reality that someday I'm going to have to have a difficult conversation with her on basically how to stay alive if things don't change. And um, basically what I, I just want to let people know that have never had to have that conversation with their parents or their kids, you know, that's a reality that you have the privilege not to think about. And, you know, just listen to the people that are out there protesting peacefully not the rioters and the looters. Um, and remember that the main message that is being conveyed here is people, not just black people, are asking to put a stop and to, to police brutality as well as hold the police accountable. Um, their job is to protect and serve. And if we don't hold these people accountable for their actions, then they won't, they won't ever serve us. And there's always an argument about, you know, it's a few bad apples. But one thing I heard recently that speaks a lot of truth is, yes, there are good and bad apples, but it's a poison tree. And just don't lose focus of that. Listen to your friends that have either experienced police brutality or if it's affected them in some way. Listen to them, gain some perspective. And um, again, for me, it's just it's very disappointing to see where we are in 2020
0: i think sometimes it's being comfortable with saying like i don't understand you know like if you don't get it and you don't understand it's okay to say if you don't get it and you don't understand because chances are if you're not coming from that specific perspective you don't um you know that's over and over this week talking to friends and colleagues of of mine at work that's kind of been my mantra is like i'm not going to pretend to understand how you're feeling um about this uh you know i I can look at it from, you know, uh, a a sympathetic or empathetic point of view, but like, I can't, I can't walk in your, I I never will be able to walk in your shoes, but if you want to talk to me about it, I'm happy, you know, to listen.
2: And I think that's important as long as you can acknowledge that and be honest enough to, to know that you can never fully understand, but you can at least listen. I think that's the least people can do. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think it's a, it's a great point. You know, everything you said was very, very well said. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not black, but, but I'm, but I'm Hispanic, you know, and, um, you know, I have the, in some ways, a luxury of growing up, um, you know, in South Florida, you know, when we're in kind of a bubble here that even though we are minorities, we make up a majority of this particular area, you know, um, it is sad to see some people in my community that think that this problem doesn't affect them and it's not their, their concern. Not everybody feels that way, of course, but, you know, you, you move a few counties up or a few, you know, just one state over and, and yeah, and we're, we're different, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're looked at differently, you know, and maybe we're not welcome in some areas, you know, and, and even beyond just, um, you know, issues of race, you know, I, I've experienced plenty of, uh, poor encounters with police. I've had a officer draw his weapon on me because, uh, you know, I made, I committed the big crime of playing in a park as the sun was setting. Um, You know, why, why, why do you, I mean, we're just kids, you know, it was like 16, 17 years old and he's, you know, he's got his gun out uh, flashing us with that light where we can't even see him and telling us that he will blow our heads off if we move a muscle. Like what, you know, and that was a Hispanic cop, you know? So it, I can't even imagine what it's like to experience some of the things that some of my black friends uh, you know or other people of color have had to deal with you know when you add police brutality and then top it off with you know racial bias and, and make everything it just magnifies everything so I, it's it, it's it's difficult you know and um yeah, just if you don't understand if you can't see things from their perspective um and just listen just listen instead of giving in your two cents you know um one of the, the the more disappointing things that I hear is people responding to or feeling the need to say all lives matter in response to any time that they see the term Black Lives Matter, and uh, and it's one of the more ridiculous things that I that I've heard. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement does not its its intention is not to diminish other lives or other races. It's just to seek equality. You know, like I something I, I mentioned, you don't go. Um, You know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you know? It doesn't mean that other cancers are less important, you know? Nobody complains about, hey, what about diabetes? Like, that's what you sound like when you feel the need to say all lives matter, you know? Um, So I just hope people that take this opportunity, if if you don't understand, to at least um, challenge your own biases. Because we all have them, you know, black, white, Hispanic, other Asian, anything we all have biases, you know, the, the experiences that we've had in our lives shape how we think and how we view the world. Um, but it's still on us to challenge them. It's still on us to do something about them, um, you know, and, and try to have an open mind. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, man, it's, it's, it's awful. It's, it, it's tough and, and so much things need to change in this country. And, and I hope that this is never forgotten. I hope we keep this energy when it's time to vote, and not just for president, but for anything, any elected officials for everything that we do. we need to remember this moment and, and never let it go uh, because it's it's that fragile
0: and I, I think the other you know important thing that I've been saying is sometimes screaming you know this week is like, take a fucking second and have just give your your fellow man, your fellow woman, your fellow person the benefit of the doubt, right like stop for a second before you have the urge to well actually somebody you know well actually on their social media or in person and go you know can i give this person the benefit of the doubt and assume that they're coming from a genuine place like why would somebody um be coming from a place uh, especially in light of what's happened um other than just complete um genuine perspective right like I, I just, it, it has made me scratch my head so much this week. People that are obviously in pain, you know, um, trying to express that pain uh, in person or social media and to have somebody come in there and question that pain. Um, I just, I, I can't I can't fucking fathom it. Just give give your fellow person the benefit of the doubt. That, that's my only other thing, uh, I guess, word on the matter. Um, Adam, how are you holding up, man? I mean, myself,
4: I don't know. I've been conflicted. I've been fine because it doesn't affect affect me directly but it does affect people around me and my friends and uh my family like you know i have a son too and i've he already know i had to teach my eight-year-old back when he was younger my eight seven nine-year-old son like this is how the world is and they're going to treat you differently because of the way you look and i'm sorry there's nothing you can do about it uh so him going through like it's tough for a kid to have to process but that's how it is like my mother was a probably five My mother was a child whenever segregation became illegal. Like, think about that. Like, that's not that long ago. The fact that my mom was alive when black kids weren't allowed to hang out with white kids in school. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, So if people have rage or if people are feeling like, you know, they're expressing their opinions on social media or whatever, don't come at them with a butt. Don't come at it with an actually. There's no reason to do that. They have lived with rage for hundreds of years. And... A lot of people are trying to peacefully get through it, but like you need to, like everyone else said, you need to listen and you need to try to see their point of view. You're never going to see their point of view exactly. And that's fine. As long as you're willing to listen and not be a shit person. Like, that's all I can ask. Like I've had a bunch of white friends like go above and beyond. Like Chris, you reached out to me and I've had people reach out to me. They're tweeting, uh, like all the, the websites and the organizations and stuff to donate to. And that's great. And that's awesome. But just, just don't be a racist. And don't question somebody's rage or their feelings, and like let's work through it and let's get it together. Like if people are going to protest and we get change out of it, just the least you can do is just like be fine with it happening. That's all you got to do. I don't expect you to go out there and march or do all that other stuff, but just understand and then be happy whenever it happens. And that's all you got to do. So that's all I would say is just like, especially seeing you can you're it's we've always been able to weed out the bad people online seeing them, but it's really easy to weed out the bad people now. So. Like I've had to come to that thing where it's like I have family members I'm like because I'm half white I'm like there's some racists in my family straight up it is what it is and you got to learn to cut them out so just people are gonna see people for who they really are and just just try to be a, a decent human being and uh, hope things get better from here and just gotta protect and look out for each other.
0: So I I don't have children <clears throat> so I I can't even under you know come from that perspective fully but one of my co-workers that work today that conversation that you were talking about Adam, having with your child um her her child's um really into airsoft and and paintball um you know she's african-american and um she made me cry on one of our our calls you know leadership call because she was i mean just the most uh sorrowful recounting of of having to try to explain to her 13 year old son why he can't play airsoft like in you know the neighborhood park with his friends you know um he's a strange you know child in uh, a different part of town and guns that look realistic um it's too much of a risk that she's not willing to to accept and he couldn't understand it and it upset her that she could that he couldn't under like his view of the world so innocent still at that age um and her just hearing her talk about it and like hearing the pain in her voice like it made me cry on camera in front of my coworkers this week you know it was fucking terrible um and again like that's one of those things like i wish in the moment i could empathize more and say like hey i I get it i know where you're coming from but like again I, i i can't like and in a lot of ways like it sucks so that's why like i i We'll try to always like do what I can, but like I have to understand that like I will never fully understand where you're coming from. And I'm sorry for that. I wish that I could.
2: But I think it's pretty important that you recognize that, Chris, because I think one thing that gets that has been lost throughout this whole time is people are refusing to believe stories that don't apply to them. And the thing about all the issues that are going on right now is it doesn't have to be personal to be real. And what we see is a lot of people taking things personal, for example, you know, posting all lives matter every time someone posts black lives matter. And just can people continually missing the message that it's not, you know, it's not me as a black man versus you, Chris, as a white man. It's really just the collective and Americans against systems that are not protecting all Americans. Um, You know, in the case of the cop that committed murder, he had 18 incidents on his report. And if you just thought about it, if you got written up at your work 18 times in any period of time, you'd be out of there. And, you know, people like that are not getting weeded out. So um, it's just, it's, it's. I'm, I appreciate that you understand that you won't understand. But making an effort is worth something in this case. And it's just about having an open mind and to do what you can to gain perspective even if you don't understand that different perspective.
0: Right on, so. man. That's it's all it's all I can do. You know, I've I've tried to let people know, like if you need something, like reach out. Um, you know, I, I'm not gonna try to t- bullshit anybody <clears throat> you know as far as the limitations of of how I can you know how far I can kind of um take my understanding with this but mm-hmm. I I see my friends and loved ones and in, in pain and strangers even in pain and like that's that's all that's all I I need you know like I I try to love my fellow like human beings you know like um so I I hope that as a result of this as terrible as the fucking situation is um more people will have that mindset yeah
3: and um, one last thing before we, uh,
0: we change course, but
3: as gamers too, we're all gamers here. We also have to do better, you know, and I just, um, I just started thinking about when I first started playing games online, particularly with uh, Halo 2, right now, nowadays we're a little bit more sheltered with uh, private chats, you know, private party chats, but uh, it does nothing to really help the issue. And I can't, I can't count. You know, how many times I was called the N word or the, you know, Hispanic equivalents just because of the way that I sound, you know, because I've gotten, you know, an accent. And I, I, I never knew in my life that I had an accent until I started playing video games online and it was abundantly clear that I was uh, different, you know. Um, so, you know, sometimes games get competitive and and, and people will show who they are behind uh, behind a microphone, behind a, a TV, behind a computer, behind a keyboard um but just remember that the things that you say to people online or in messages just because you're angry that you lost you know um those things matter too man and those are hurtful too and uh and some of those can come back to bite you too man just 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 be better you know tell someone to get good tell someone they get stuck but uh, that they suck i'm sorry but you know we don't have to resort to calling people some of the things that that you know i'm sure most of you have heard in the past I me mean, call me
0: crazy I, I think there's all the room in the world to just say you know good game or jesus he whooped our ass you know <laughs> like that's I, me personally. I, yeah. like the older <laughs> i get the more I'm like yeah i would settle for
3: do? an ang you know I, i'd settle for a hate mail that just doesn't have any you know any insult
0: in it, you <laughs> know? <laughs> Jesus yeah what a nice world that would be yeah, Zach I, or Bob, do you I was oh, say ahead.
5: i have I have two things uh I will say the my entire life I was raised by my mom my dad was never around you guys heard me when stuff but uh he uh, my mom always told me to be scared of the police but listen to them but there's been several times in my life i i remember owning a 96 cadillac DeVille, and i was pulled over six times by the same police officer at the same point and thrown on the ground at gunpoint and everything And i can't even imagine people having to deal with that uh for a lifetime uh but i i will say that i remember one time that changed how my perspective as you know, uh, being someone different is I, I've had nothing but black friends my entire life. I grew up in Baltimore City. I, black friends was all I had. Uh, I, I. It's just all I've ever known. So I, I've heard things and people have said things about me uh, for who I hang out with and whatever and whatnot. Uh, but I remember one time in particular, I was playing basketball in Cherry Hill, which is a place where, where, where most, uh, I'll say, white people don't go. Uh, we were playing basketball on the basketball court, and my two friends that I was with, we were playing with some other guys. And all of a sudden, you hear ATVs and all this stuff like coming at us at the basketball court. And then they were like, uh, "My buddies were like, Bobby, we got to get you out of here." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, and then all of a sudden, like bullets are flying everywhere. I- we're trying to get to the car and whatnot, and it, it was crazy to think that my perspective was that. They just wanted to kill me, but I did not think of the perspective from, from Mike and the other guys that I was with, his brother and everyone, that when we drove away, they told me that, you don't understand, it's not just about a white person being in Cherry Hill. It's about if a white person gets killed in Cherry Hill, of what they'll face. And, and we, I swear, not even 15 minutes later around the corner, we're at snowball stand, we're at snowball stand, and all of a sudden, the cops pull up on us, guns out, all of us had to get on the ground, empty our pockets, we had to go to central bookings, it was like a, a crazy thing, and we did nothing wrong. And that was the first time ever I realized that the problem is more the the police than anything else. Uh, and, and racism, my entire life, I've, I, I, family members I've found out and haven't talked to in years, Uh I i have cut off for things they said uh i've been wearing bandanas around the family it was just something my dad did so i just wore them i did not you know think of gang relations or whatnot but i stopped going to thanksgiving parties and everything and people thought i just dropped off from the family but it was more of i got tired of being uncomfortable around people that were just okay with open racism like it it just became so bad and i mean my sister uh my my three nieces uh, they're, uh, my sister married into a Nigerian family, so I have three Nigerian nieces. And it's like uh, everyone in my family is a mixed-race couple. Uh, and it's it's just hard to hear people say the things that they do that you've considered friends. I, I've, I've lost friends on, on PlayStation from people, the, the N-word. Uh, every day on Rocket League, when I play Rocket League, uh, I get called the N-word and then I report it. And then the, I remember the one time I said something on the Rocket League, uh, the the Facebook group, and then everybody was bashing me for reporting people, and I'm like, "You don't see the bigger picture here? Like the problem is every other game I get called the n word because someone's losing. Like that's the first thing that people go to. You can't. That, that's not. It's not a joke. It's not. It, it's it's hurtful to to everyone. So." Yeah, every day I log into Rocket League, I get thank you for your reporting, and they deleted people. But these, they they let people create Nazi groups and everything. I just don't understand it. There should be bigger things, and I, I, I really hope that honestly, I, I, family members are fighting now on Facebook for saying protests versus riots. Either one doesn't matter. Whatever brings change, I'd love it. I, the police don't want to be afraid, and people don't want to be afraid, so they got to fix the problem. That's just my experience
0: all right oh man thank definitely thanks for sharing and i commend you for you know having the balls to cut out people that uh, as far as i'm concerned that have zero fucking worth on the planet it's not easy when it's family but you know
5: yeah it's it's been hard yeah. like it, it
0: <laughs> i i shouldn't tell you this but the crazy part is i was my father-in-law has
5: been sick and i was cleaning out their shed and in their shed there were a whole bunch of confederate flags that blew my mind but no one wanted to talk about it it's like they knew that I was going to be mad and angry about it. But I'm like, why are you still keeping this shit? Like, if you want to change or you want to do whatever, don't. Just Facebook post. Do something about it. Get rid of your stupid shit. Change your mind. Or Sorry, I don't want to. But it's just I'm tired of people just willing to just go with what it is. No. Right? Change has to happen. I don't care what stores they riot, what they loot, what they protest. I, I Police need to change. They are scary and they can come into your house no matter what and it's just it's ridiculous. It's
0: something's gotta give. Some man. Well th- thanks for thanks for sharing Bobby. Um yeah. Zach, did you want to add anything man?
1: Yeah, I mean I'll pretty much echo everything that uh you said Chris. You know, being being a white person, I honestly I don't know what it's like. I'll never know what it's like. Um there are so many little things that I do that I don't know other people have problems doing and everything. It's really eye opening to see how much of that I've taken for granted because so many people, that's the power of social media these days is like so many people are posting all of these little, you know, privileges when they say, um, you know, when they say the term white privilege and a lot of people get offended by it, but like, there's so many things out there that I do. And I don't know off the top of my head, you know, but like I, I, somebody put a list out of just like small things that, you know, um, white people do that um, people of, of other races don't, um have the luxury of doing and it. it like kind of blew my mind and it was so eye opening so like it's like it's i guess the only thing well, not the only thing but the only thing that i know how to do right now at this moment is to listen because i don't i don't know like i'm i'm in no way shape or form like i don't know i don't know what i'm really i don't know if you know what i'm trying to say here but like i listening is really the only thing that i i i know personally how to do right now and i'll do whatever i can and obviously by listening i can maybe learn of other ways to help too but um, one thing that I do know being uh, in the military is that I believe police should have to follow the UCMJ, uh, something similar to it. It's, um, you know, everybody in the military follows it and, and swears by it and abides by it and is in fear of it. So I believe What's, US, that, what's UCMJ? I, I'm not it's playing. the U- Uniform Code of Military Justice. It's pretty much um, our rule book And it's just pretty much what governs the rules and laws in the military, what you can and can't do. Um, down to the length of your hair versus, you know, what you can do uh, when you go on vacations, you know, just, it, it it's so, it's so wide what it covers that in, in, it's so strict in like, that's why, and the military has its problems and everything, but man, if the police just followed something similar to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, man, I swear it would solve I mean, personally, this is what I think. It would solve a lot of issues because it's just—it's crazy to think that, like, like you were saying, eighteen infractions against this dude and and nothing happened. Like, that's crazy. Like, that would never, ever happen in the military. So it's just the I one change I that think I, think I think I could see, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's just something that could be like, okay, and we're going to implement this. But that's just one thing that
2: I think would be super bad. I think if you worked at Walmart and had in eighteen infractions, you'd also be fired. So I just don't know why, you know, someone working at Walmart be under. And Zach, you mentioned not knowing what to do. Um, other than listening, I would imagine everyone, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, doesn't matter. You know, call out the people that do and say racist things. They might not be doing it on purpose, but, you know, call it out and make sure that they know what they're doing is, is wrong. And hopefully you can affect some change that way.
0: Yeah, oh well, for sure that's the uh, it's the one thing uh in my work meeting I think I got a little bit of a stink eye from a couple of people this week but um you know like the the message was of course like listen which I, I don't think is a bad mission uh, or uh, message by any means but um you know I I said I think you could take it a step further uh and not only listen but speak up when the situation's right and I, I said I you know I would hope that all of us here know when the situation is right and though i've not seen anybody in our local group which is true i said i've i've seen progressive employees on facebook saying things that are not just a matter of opinion that are pretty fucking terrible things that you know in other parts of the country and i said if they worked in our organization i would call attention to them uh you know in uh the workplace i would call them out on social media and i would call attention to them As hey, this person uh, has identified themselves as a uh, employee of our company, and this is what they're publicly saying, you know, on social media. Um, And I got the kind of the stink eye, but I don't fucking give a fuck. Like, you know, I think that um, that Dal, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you you need to call these people out. And if they're doing it unintentionally, you have a conversation. If they are doing it intentionally, you have zero tolerance for it. You cut them out. You report them what needs to be done. I just don't think we have any room anymore to tolerate um overt racism. And I think at the the minimum, you know, with covert or unintentional racism, a conversation to be had so that, you know, people can understand. And I would hope that, you know, uh, by the way, if I ever say or do anything that's offensive to any of you, um, you know, whether it, it's to do with your race or your religion, that you would have a conversation with me and say, hey man, like said this wasn't cool because of this, because I certainly would be open you know to hearing you out and I would feel bad about it but that's how you affect change. Oh, All right. Anybody else want to say anything else or uh um I don't want to bog I would say
5: that speaking up definitely helps. I know that wearing the bandana around my family uh, there was uh, one family member in particular that I never spoke to or, or went to family events that they were in uh later in life when uh I think it was his father died and then my mom passed away we became a lot closer after I explained to him like you know that was you, the shitty thing to do you know calling me what you did because I was wearing a bandana and, and everything and that's why I stopped coming around and we, we have grown a lot closer and it, it's weird to see his views change uh, uh, especially around me uh, because he's he's a lot older it was one of my uncles that were older and and you know, he still calls me every week and checks on me, sees how I'm doing, and it's the 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 I I hope that it changed him. Uh I don't hope it's just for me. Uh, but it, it seems like he has, has changed his views. Uh and you know, sometimes speaking out does help.
0: Yeah, I mean I think whether it results in you ending a relationship with somebody and they're that much lonelier and you know, uh or if you're um, changing somebody's perspective or maybe just pointing out something, you know, illuminating something for somebody, I think it always helps to speak out, you know, even if it's not an uh, enrichment of somebody's life, just getting that shit away from you and from, from other people that you love sometimes is good enough. Uh, Would you agree, Adam and Dow? Like, I uh, again, I can only come at it from my perspective, but do you guys agree with that sentiment? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, uh, you know, I think the last thing I'll say before we move on is just I appreciate appreciate you guys giving me a voice to say my side of it, and um, I appreciate you guys open mindedness. And hopefully, you know a lot of our listeners. oh No, I think you cut off there, man. Um... Oh, sorry about that. I was just saying, you know, I hope a lot of listeners kind of follow the example that that the non people of color in this podcast have have. Set by being open-minded and just willing to listen and to admit that your view is not the only view, and other people's view is wrong. Either.
0: Well, I just so. wish I could give all you motherfuckers a hug. That's all I know. <sighs> all right. Um, go ahead, George. Sorry. Were you going to say something?
3: No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm good.
0: I, um, before we move on to uh, the gaming, the regular uh, scheduled programming, uh, as it were, we did want to... Uh, take a, a moment uh, of silence um to observe uh for uh, george floyd um a life lost unjustly and well before its time so um, if you hear silence over the next 60 seconds that is intentional um starting now all right and without further ado <laughs> let's talk about some video games guys <clears throat> um so some of the topics we have lined up for today uh are uh open world gaming t- 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 was open world gaming perfected uh last generation we'll go a little bit more detail on that uh in a second but i've been playing through batman arkham city and it really uh i think it's it's a excellence in design that i haven't seen in a long time with open world gaming and as antiquated as that game might see seem compared to like say uh assassin's creed origins i think there's an argument to be made that open world gaming um was perfected at the end of uh, last generation we're also going to be talking about uh getting into a gaming rut and uh how maybe you can climb out of something like that and just talk about some of our own personal experiences with being in a gaming rut so Trying to find a game that satisfies the itch and the want and the need to play video games, but not being able to to find the game and uh, uh, having a seemingly uh, endless um, unsatisfactory gaming experiences. And then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about how we would improve gaming systems. So, a gaming system that we think could do with a little bit of improvement, and what our idea for improving that game system is. Starting off uh, with the first topic, open world gaming. So I, I forget, who here has played uh, Batman Arkham City? I, I mean, come on now. I
2: have. Yeah, that was great.
0: So it sounds like Zach, Adam, and Dowell. George and Bobby, you, you guys have not? Yes,
2: I
5: have played the Batsman.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, perfect. I'm in the same company as Bobby. I have not played
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing the, uh, the remastered uh, Xbox version because I wanted something that was manageable between now and The Last of Us, um, where i didn't have to do every bit of the collect-a-thoning that you would do with an open world game an open world game that i knew was like pretty manageable you know by current standards of what open world games are and uh frankly uh i'm coming back at it from a perspective of somebody who is now like genuinely a well-read batman fan like i've read a disgusting amount of batman comics in the last you know well i guess it's probably been when did that game come out someone helped me out it was like 2011 maybe Originally, so almost a decade since that game came out, at least, Um, you know. uh, So I have all this sort of knowledge of Batman that I'm bringing with me to the table, and uh, it got me thinking. You know, um, it's it's a game that is just impeccably designed um, in such a way that, like, for example, uh, you have the Riddler trophies, right, which are not only collectibles scattered throughout the world, George. but they require not only um, a certain amount of um, sort of like puzzle element uh, to to obtain the collectible, but also in, in many instances you have to wait until you've acquired a certain gadget to be able to get them. So I've appreciated that the game will periodically, just by design, tell you, um, "Hey, like you've been collecting stuff enough." Um, why don't you go back to the main story you can't get this collectible and you can't get that collectible because clearly you don't have the tools that are needed to get it time to get back to the story the world is so much smaller uh also from what i remember um just like getting around it and like learning the the space um took me about like an hour hour and a half of playing and i was like oh yeah i know where everything is pretty much like i had enough landmarks in other words to be able to go from point a to point b um without consulting the map which was just great So I was curious. Uh, Batman Arkham City is probably, you know, one of the most notable. I think it was like lauded for how large the world. And then, of course, you know, a little closer to the end of the last console generation. He had Grand Theft Auto five, which is just massive. I think, you know, go ahead. Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to like cut you off like so like rude like that. But was it lauded for how big it was or how big it was compared to Arkham Asylum?
0: I think it was lauded for how big it was like in general, like because Like, the way that you move around that map, um, you know, is that you're gliding, right? And you have the grapnel hook. And the grapnel hook will pull you up to a ledge, boost you into the air, and, like, you're gliding. So you don't have to, like, go up to a rooftop and run off the top, right? You have that boost that kind of, like, launches you. So it feels, when I say it's small, it feels small because you can get from point A to point B quickly. But it's actually quite big. Like, if you were to walk around on the ground um or like move at like a quote normal like speed for that time period like the worlds probably i would think like not counting like the open spaces and like something like assassin's creed two or like three like it's probably much much bigger than a lot of those uh worlds were like the urban environments and like you know the density of stuff to do the other thing that i think it does really well by the way is that like you have spaces that you like buildings that you can go into where like they're much more like linear and contained areas, um, which kind of for you know, beat to beat in the story kind of pull you and like and focus the game in a way that I don't think open world games normally do, where like you have a sense of space interior and exterior kind of combined in the same game. So I guess my question to you guys is, um even taking into account Grand Theft Auto V, which is fucking massive, you know, by even today's standards, I think like we'd all agree. Like, do you think open world games were, more perfect, or were perfected back when they were more manageable, like more well-designed spaces, or do you prefer the sprawling? I'll probably never do everything, but I appreciate the choice moment to moment, like kind of games that we have now, like Odyssey or Origins, or um, you know, like any pick pick your open-world game, I guess, like of of current gen.
1: Discuss. So I think I think Odyssey is a perfect example of a world that's too big, in my opinion, um, just. Almost as far as you can see, and I remember that used to be like a selling point, but like oh, as far as you can see, you can go there. Like in this game, that's like almost the case, man. And it's just like so sprawling, and and a lot of it is is by that boat and everything. And and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous to look at and everything. And they do sprinkle the world with a lot of stuff for you to do, but sometimes you have to just go from so far from get, you know, from one place to the other. And and typically, when you get there, you're pretty much doing the same thing that you've been doing the entire game. Like once you've played, you know, two three hours of assassin's creed you've played the loop of the game you know what it is so I, I feel like that's something that's that's too big and and i'm glad that they're scaling it back for valhalla and they've recognized that maybe they kind of overstuffed that too much and then i look at something like um which a lot of people would disagree with me uh, red dead redemption 2 i think is the epitome of what an open world should be uh the second i don't know if i said two red dead redemption 2 uh, is the epitome of what an open world should be, I think, with all the random events that happen throughout the world, and man, like, everything, everything about that, so you could be riding on a, on a trail, man, and somebody could be kidnapping somebody, and you have to, you could chase them and deal with that, while you're bringing this lady back to wherever she's asking you to bring her back, you come along, people who had just robbed a stagecoach, and are trying to open, like, a, um, a safe on the side of the road or something, and you could, you know, and disregard what you're doing and go do that and everything and there's just so much variety and there's so many activities to do in the open world with the hunting and the the mini games and everything and like i said those random events and the side mission they do a good job at at putting missions in places to make you have to explore the map and a lot of people had a problem with red dead redemption 2 saying it was too much horseback and everything there's too much time in between going from point a to point b but like i said i think the game did a good enough job to of sprinkling those random events in, in you know hunting is an option in the game and everything so when you're seeing all these animals you know you have the option to hunt and and kill time in between these uh you know long treks on horseback and um, but like you said for Arkham City and everything I I think that game uh, I just played it not too long ago too as I, I said on here and that man that game is is awesome like you said it's going from Arkham Asylum to that and going into that open world uh, style of gameplay, man. Like I feel like it fits so well for for that game and and for what they would do. And like the traversal, like you were saying, being able to like torpedo yourself off of a rooftop and pretty much just glide over the whole map without ever touching the ground is is so cool. And it's so it's so Batman. And and you know just his the way that like you said, getting all your gadgets work with getting the Riddler trophies and you know the getting all the Riddler trophies ties ties into something. You're not just collecting stuff to collect it. Like you're working towards a goal. Like there's a story behind those riddler trophies and what he's doing and you know the more you collect them the angrier he gets you know why are you smarter than him and everything and you know when
0: people that you get to save too right like like every benchmark that you hit like he reveals the new location of like a kidnapped like um medical officer and like you're like you're saving somebody from
1: you know like and there's a puzzle involved like um and it's smartly it's smartly um integrates the supervillains too like they don't just throw supervillains into the game just to be like and here's two-face and here's riddler and here's bane and here's joker like they're they're all they're all uh, woven into the story smartly and everything and and for a game like that with a license where you want to see a lot of characters because Batman does have one of the most impressive um lineup of villains in comic books you want to see all those so it's good to see that they're introduced and and taken care of smartly and everything and and you know maybe other games don't kind of have that kind of problem because you know it's this is a licensed game so you want to see stuff like um but yeah man I I think as far as perfected I think I think Red Dead Redemption two perfected the open world game design and I think
0: see I would argue that like it's it draws inspiration from a game like Arkham because something else that Red Dead two does that Arkham uh, City does is uh you don't get all of your side quests and map reveals at once like you have to hit certain story like beats uh before side quests are made available to you so you're not overwhelmed by shit on the map which is like one of my pet peeves we've talked about it before like it's when you like nothing gives me more anxiety and like decision paralysis in an open world game than like suddenly like there's like eight
1: thousand things on the map like odyssey man that's what's making me it's that's what's so i haven't played it yet like honestly like i and i i loved origins man but something about odyssey man it just it feels way too dense in my
3: opinion Uh, i'm with you on that um so here's my thing with it i think it's always a a big matter of preference um with open world games that i i too hate the whole when the map is filled with stuff i like I like the different type of games that can kind of give you a little bit of a linear experience and then give you some free time. And then you move with the story and then give you some more free time. I don't like constantly having to decide, do I want to play the good stuff in the story or do I want to do these bullshit side collectibles that I don't really care about, but they're there and they're bothering me. You know, I can't stand that. It's, it's, it's why I couldn't finish uh, Far Cry why i haven't finished horizon there's just so much things on this map and 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 i i i'm like a complete i have to finish them all i I don't like to leave them undone before i go to the next area but it's just sometimes exhausting and overwhelming um and i kind of want to get to the point i thought red dead redemption did an excellent job of that where you never see too much stuff going on but even any like there are several other games that i think uh take you know incorporate a lot of things from open world you can even see some of it in in like final fantasy 7 right which is a very pretty linear game but it gives you those moments and those breaks where you can do some side quests if you want you don't have God of war yeah god of war excellent is, is is an excellent choice and it's a game i was gonna be the next thing i talked about it's a game that does have that collectible thing but the collectible you know it was the i think the crows or whatever or the ravens i mean um it wasn't overwhelming like they were super reasonable to find um and you know i don't know i just felt like it fit like 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 that everything has its limits and it just wasn't a bunch of collectible shit for no reason i just felt like it was okay it was it was cool hunting those things down it wasn't really like a big deal you get most of them just by playing the game um but it, it did a really nice job and even a game like um outer worlds uh where it had like you know, you go to one area, you clear it out, and then you go to the next one, the next planet. I really like open world stuff like that. I don't I don't like, I hate having to come back to things, unless it's part of the story. But I, I you know, you mentioned that thing about Arkham, I haven't played that game, but I, I hate having to come back. I want to be able to clear a, an area, a city, or a planet, and do it all. Do 100% that planet, and then move on to something else. Huh. I don't really like coming back to it. I thought um, Jedi Fallen Order did a, did a good job of coming back to things, but it not being too overwhelming. But generally, I like to just kind of move on, you know. So games like Outer Worlds and, and stuff like that, like I, I enjoy a lot. I like to be able to just kind of move and, and progress without having to kind of come back or double check things that I've done in the past and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think so it, the nice
0: thing about Arkham is, like, I will say, like, in defense of that, is that like you're you're in one like big city area so you're crisscrossing a lot like with story beats anyway so it's not like forcing you to like come back to an area that's out of your way like you'll just you'll happen to like cross an area where you're like oh yeah shit like and it allows you to tag by the way the collectibles that you find like even the ones that you can't get along the way so that like if you find something that you can't get you can mark it on your map easily and it's now there and discovered and if you're feeling particularly lazy, you can interrogate like the Riddler henchmen and they will reveal the stuff on the map for you. Like as you play the game, you just like, you'll you'll see them glowing like bright green and you can just go up and interrogate them. And like now it just yeah. revealed uh, a certain amount of shit.
1: Another yeah. thing that's cool about Occam City, real quick, George, just to like to easier paint on the collectibles thing is like you don't have to get any collectibles right away and you can almost kind of like treat the Riddler's story is like something to do after the game's over like you can go and get all those collectibles after and kind of just treat that as a way to continue playing the game and keep playing you know the fun loop because the loop in Occam City is incredible. I think
0: it's almost more fun to do it that way because they're not just walk up to the thing and pick it up like each collectible is a puzzle like it's more fun to like blitz through the story and like it's a fantastic story and it only takes maybe 10 hours if you were to like go start to finish with it, um, and then coming back and having all the gadgets like you, like knowing that you have everything that you need to solve. You, you can be methodical like you said, George, and like go to like the amusement park area interrogate like three of the Riddler guys, find where all the shit is, and then just like clear it out if that's how you want to do it.
3: Yeah, that sounds a lot more, re- like it sounds like that has substance to it. It sounds like they do it the right way, especially if you guys say that the area and the map is small.
0: Um, so
3: yeah, that doesn't sound like it would be too bad. Maybe it's a game I'll play at some point.
0: Oh you uh, absolutely but, should man
2: feel like But, that, man. but
3: I, I think of crap like um like I love the Spider Man game for the PS4. But holy shit is that, is that is some of the things that you had to do to cl- finish clearing an area like really annoying. Like yeah, it was a lot backpacks. of stuff. Uh, back-packs.
2: I, I loved
3: <laughs> the, back-packs, the, the pictures thing, like the like the locations or whatever. I thought that was really cool because I thought that's really true to the city. And it it's cool, you know, climbing to the top of something big and that I was okay with, but fucking backpacks some of those backpacks or or having to uh
0: the crimes
3: yeah the crimes like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that, that is what i detest in open world games fortunately that game story and everything else was so good that it uh you know it offset it you know and then some but i, I hate when they put things just to add hours to the game I, i'm cool if the game is half as long and i don't have to do that bullshit you know it's okay you know i'm cool you know it's not open world but i I love those Uncharted games. I'll pay 60 bucks for a 12-hour story that's awesome like that. I don't give a shit. You know, I don't need uh, all that, you know, fluff just to try to make the game 30 hours or something like that, you know? Mass Effect, I mean, that's obviously last-gen, but Mass Effect's another game that did a good job of that, you know? Um, if there's substance, substance to the side quests, and, you know, you I, I don't care. You can have infinite side quests as long as they're entertaining engaging and they have actual story beats to it if there's just filler you know like hey like fetch quests you know um, I'm cool with it you know um, and there's also some games that really do a good job of making you feel like you really don't have to do this unless you want to you know and I think Death Stranding was a really good did a really good job of that there's a lot of side stuff in that game but I didn't feel like I had to do it um, so I feel like they, they, they kind of went about that pretty well like i didn't feel this need to complete everything i was kind of content with the way that i played the game which other games that you know i don't i don't i don't have that luxury i feel like i've got to do it all these things so um i wouldn't say that they perfected it last last gen i think um they do some things well but there's a lot of you know good things today it really all depends on how they deliver on
2: on that product so when you guys all spoke to it i think it's not so much that they perfected it it's just there was Incentive to travel around the map, the map, and Narkom City is that perfect example. For me, you know, those Riddler quests, I saved them for the end, beating them after the story, and it was almost like a second game because the challenge was they, they were challenging and they were something you wanted to to beat and to complete, and it provided enough of that. Even though the map wasn't huge, you still had fun zipping around and and completing those side quests. Without feeling you have to, but also, you know, you didn't feel you were always going back to the same building, in the same door, on the same floor. Sometimes you'd have to attack those challenges in a completely different way than you moved on the map before in order to beat the puzzle. And it just, that's something that Red Dead 2 does really well. There's incentive to explore the map. A lot of games, I feel, make these massive maps just expecting you to sit there and just move the left stick and just, ah, look how pretty it is when, you know, you got to have incentive to want to go, to, to go all the way across the map and it takes you 10 minutes to get there. That's something I think that uh, Open World Games did well before and I think it's something they kind of lost sight of, you know, just clearing a bunch of areas, just a bit of XP and just walking into a place saying... You know, you discovered it is not really enough incentive to to clear a map in a massive open world game.
1: Yep. <clears throat> now, how do you feel about them tying? So, in Arkham Knight, they tied the secret ending behind collecting all the Riddler trophies. So, how do you feel about something like that?
2: That's a, a pretty like pleasant surprise. Um, just because I feel like by the time you get to what was it, Arkham Knight, that you've um, you, you're probably someone that. That enjoys beating those and enjoys collecting all those trophies. So it kind of was like uh, almost like an attaboy for for sticking with it and going through it. Kind of a nice little surprise. Um, I didn't know that it was there at the time that I had played it and took a few years to beat it. You know, came back to it and when I saw it, it was it was kind of it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Like I I think it's cool that you know that they do that. It, it is. It's kind of like a little congrats man you, you you went around and did something that i would say not a high percentage of players are actually going to go around and collect all of the so like yeah, yeah it is cool to kind of pat you on the back and
0: it's like beating you... a campaign a legendary in halo like you always got the little extra bit at the end yeah it like, was satisfying
2: yeah. man i'd still have nightmares of some of those riddler trophies <laughs> the, the actual
1: riddles are my favorite part man i love trying to solve the actual riddles trying to figure out where in the environment the bones
0: mm-hmm. a- adam uh, you've been quiet i know you're <laughs> a huge fan of assassin's creed odyssey like loved it how do, how do you weigh in on uh, on this argument oh yeah i love that game but that map has way too much stuff i don't disagree with that can't argue
4: that part um i guess there's something to be said about like a, a smaller map or where you're able to get everything i love those arkham games but i've never gotten all the riddle trophies except for the first one because i feel like that's too much um it is Personal. a lot, though. I'll say that. There was oh. a ton of Riddler stuff. I did 100% everything except for the Riddler trophies because <laughs> that's, that's the one part that's difficult. So even though that game is smaller and that design is really intricate and everything to collect is cool, those Riddlers, there's still too many of them. But now I, I'd ask you, Chris, or anybody mm-hmm. else who's played it, one of the best games I've ever made, Witcher 3, that's a current, jam- uh, current game. Massive maps, tons of shit all over it, but everything is worth it. Everything has a story behind it. Some of that random side shit you find is better than the main story, and I would say that game, no matter how big it is, it's worth it. And I, I never get mad at how big it is, and I'll 100% the game, no problem,
1: because it feels like it's worth it, even though there's tons of it. To me, it, a, it, it all comes together. I'm in a different boat, man, because I remember we started playing again at the same time, and, like, I'll go to a new area, man, and all those question marks pop up, and I'm just It's like, daunting,
4: oh. but when you get
0: out there and do that stuff, man, it's good. Yeah, so but, I, but, like... I'm with I, Adam. I, like, I don't think the quality diminishes with the quantity and the rule that i set out for myself was like well i'll do these side quests and monster hunts until i feel like they're not worth my time like to do anymore and then i'll stop right like i was like while they're novel i'll keep going and i never ran into a situation where i felt like the payoff like wasn't there so i did the, did them all like i, yeah. I think every but then
4: they you guys are 100 percent right like again i love odyssey it's too much to do. I love Far Cry. it's too much stuff to do. Like, but I feel like Witcher is a modern example of that, where it's completely worth it. But again, that's I love Witcher. Yeah. So I,
3: I like The Witcher a lot too. But I, I'm with Zach. But I think I think Adam, like when you said the word daunting, that is like the perfect way of describing it. It is absolutely worth it, but also worth it in the same way that it is to like build a massive building right from scratch. Like it's gonna take a lot out of you. It's gonna take a big commitment. It'll be worth it in the end um, but it's exhausting. It definitely is exhausting. I don't mean it like in a bad way. it's just it's a lot of shit to do and yeah, it's cool. it's really worth it um, but you have to you have to be in a in the mind frame and that mindset to play a game like that. I've been wanting to play the Witcher 3 again for a while but i can't bring myself to do it because i really like I, I keep thinking i'm gonna get too sucked into that game and i'm gonna sink a lot of hours and i don't know if i if i want to do that you know i don't know if i want to like lock myself in to do that um it's absolutely worth it but it is a it's a lot that, that's a take, take it for me
0: play that in the doldrums of summer like once the ghost and shit is out or you know, do it, like, post-holiday, like, season. Like, that's the good time to play, like, Winter 3. Yeah, And you're right. It is a lot. It is a lot. But I think that's why they make
4: open-world games that way, because people who buy open-world games want to be able to just sit there and play that for months on end. Like, us, we play new stuff constantly. But I think your average consumer who buys three or four games a year is like, I just want to be able to play this for the next 100 hours and not even think about it. So that's why they put all that shit in there. They wouldn't keep putting it in there if people didn't like it. it yeah. Was, uh... So... Oh, go ahead, go. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, it is a business decision. Every time you pick up that game, you have to seriously think like, what am I doing for the next three or four hours? Because you could easily sink a lot of hours just into clearing a map. And with all those question marks, you just get in a flow sometimes where you're just like, okay, one more, one more, one more, one more. And next thing you know, like just the day is shot. and You're thinking that next time, like, do I, am I really going to be able to do that again?
3: Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. And that's why I think it all boils down to preference. There there is a an open world type of game out there for everybody. Um depending on what you what you're looking for, you know, you want something clear, concise, um you know, obviously like like in like Arkham, you got that, you know. You want something that is just you just want to do you just want to your completionist and you just want to do everything, collect everything. You've got your Far Crys um you know and then you just kind of want to do things at a good pace you got your red dead you know um so i i you know so i would say the gaming um industry has perfected it as a whole i just think that there isn't a a one-size-fits-all approach to open world gaming um there's i'd say there's a lot of sub genres of open world gaming within it um depending on on what you like i think we can all agree that we don't like the whole, you know, the overwhelming map of just, you know, endless stuff that has, you know, no substance to it. Kind of like some of the stuff you see in Spider-Man. Um, you know, I think we all agree we don't like that. Um, so, I, you know, I hope that they continue to cut that out and just replace it with, you know, more quality content instead of quantity. Um, but yeah, there's so many different types out there
1: that, you know, everybody's different. Do you guys still think that open world is, is like the thing because I remember like back then every I remember I always used to say to my friends like oh man imagine if this was open world imagine if this was open world oh and now absolutely. pretty much everything's open world it's like even like games like God of War like are going semi open world and everything. So do you think it I think, it uh, is I think we're over, I think we're over it now because
3: I think it's back I think back then like you had so much more linear games because they they were limited right They they only had so much capacity to fit into a a cartridge or a disc at the time so you know there was always that uh that grass is greener what if i could just do whatever i wanted whenever i wanted with this with this character instead of just you know following along um you know but now you pretty much get a taste of that in every game you know that's why i brought up final fantasy 7 like i don't think anybody would necessarily classify that as an open world game it's fairly linear But yet it has some open world aspects where you can kind of freely operate in a way that you want, you know, and you get to customize the character, you know, to an extent. Um, So I think most games these days have some some variant of that. Um, I don't think, you know, so I I don't think there's that that there's that like desire for everything to be open world. Um, And at least for me, like it was a brush of fresh air to be able to play Final Fantasy and just have like a clear path that I had
1: to follow um throughout the game it, it was nice you know i'm just excited to see how cyberpunk changes the game since they said that they want this to be the crown jewel of this generation so like i'm just i like all the previews and everything that i've heard about that game and how how dense that game's going to be and and i mean i just can't wait to see what that brings to the open world open world genre because like you guys said witcher 3 d- despite my my problems with it being so daunting and everything and and all that like yeah it is the side quests are incredible like the monsters that you hunt are incredible. They feel worthy of your time going get these quests and they take unusual turns that turn out to be like way more amusing than you would have thought. So like I'm excited to see how they can capitalize. They've been working on this game for so it's exciting to see what they're gonna bring to the table with that. I'm I'm so pumped.
2: It'll be definitely interesting because this is one of the first open games where they built up and out. Usually a lot of open games they just build out, but um, you know, with you know even being in different buildings or different levels of the city that adds a different dynamic that keeps that open world feel but you know you're not you're not hearing maybe the complaints that red dead had where you're on the horse too much that so that'll be a that's an interesting dynamic to the um blueprint that could probably be just like a welcome welcome change you know building up instead of just out
4: yeah, yeah, I like the idea of that world being dense. Hey, Bobby, how do you feel about Foxyland 2's open
3: world?
1: <laughs>
3: I don't know. I I think Bobby needs to actually finish a game to put a China. That game. is
5: just messed up. <laughs> Have you yeah, it? I had a whole thing? I was waiting. Everybody <laughs> I was throwing it
4: to everything. you, Bobby. I know. I was throwing it to you, Bobby. You've been it, quiet. It's I was... all good.
5: It's all... Hey, man, I got this beer that they delivered. They <laughs> delivered it twice. They delivered it on accident today. I don't know what's wrong with them, uh, but it's good. What did happen? Middle Earth, Shadow of War. I, I can say that for an open world game, just their fighting, you beat a boss, like, enough steps up. Like, that thing was, like, the coolest open world thing I've ever seen. Oh, Nemesis, Like, if you beat I an or that was, like, the best ever. I wish they could have built on that, but I, uh, uh, man. Yeah, the Shadow of War, Middle Earth, and Fallout 4. I, I enjoyed it, but I did try to go... I played it on Xbox forever, i bought it with all the dlc and tried to do it on ps4 again and i was like no i can't do all this crap twice but i'm also a side mission guy i love side missions i'm not trying to fight something get angry, uh and can't beat it i'd rather rank up and then beat it but
4: yeah follow for also i love Fallout 4. for spoilers for a fucking eight-year-old game or whatever when you go off the map like that was oh, wild to God, me I'm like yes. what's going yes. on
0: Oh, yeah, it sounds like there's gonna be so much power. The true wasteland yeah. where everything's yeah. Super- yeah,
4: it's like I didn't think you go off the edge of the map. You're like, no, it's like a mile outside of the map of like the in-game it map. It's like out go down here. With no
5: NPC. Exactly. <laughs> and also,
4: uh, yeah, those I Shadow... Love the game I
5: said that was great. Yeah, oh, no, sorry. Those...
4: No, you're right. The the shadow games or the shadow wars, whatever the Middle-earth, the middle earth the middle earth yeah. Those yeah. Are... yeah. I, I like those because they're open sections. Yeah, and agreed. then but yes. it's not a full open world, so it's like give me a section, let me run around and do my collectibles and do whatever, yeah. and I love the nemesis system, and then let me go another section. That's a good way to do an
0: open world game. Yeah, I'd
5: like to see that yeah. in an Arkham game. That'd be pretty
0: nice. Same same absolutely. developer, well not same developer, yeah. but same Fantastic publisher. Machine. So you know they WB like you could absolutely uh you know have henchmen rise to the top and shit, and like have an emergent gallery of rogues. Like you have your Jokers and your Penguins, but like you have I don't know like in Butch the the butcher <laughs> yeah like now nah,
1: you can build it up too because obviously nobody's gonna surpass someone like the joker or your beans or your mr freezes or anything so like but yeah. you, we, you they could have randomly generated like right-hand man and then their right-hand men have dudes you know what i'm saying like so it could totally work man i would love to see that. george one what i'm trying game... to say is
0: you oh, need sorry. to play arkham no go ahead tell him.
2: <laughs> yes play arkham george it's worth it like, the one, first game
0: you could bust her in like eight hours dude and then you could just
2: go on to the masterpiece that's the second i'm sorry go yeah, ahead the Yeah, the fighting
5: style is just fantastic
2: it's fun it's always fun and there was always a different way to attack to attack npcs in the game and stuff it's just there was no one way of doing everything and it it definitely made it a lot of fun that but the flow uh, yeah the modern game i was gonna say that has done open world pretty good to me was actually final fantasy 15 um it was a game where the story was better than just playing in the open world. But the open world had, I felt, just enough that you don't sink too much time into doing all the open world events. And you get back to the story and kind of take a break when you need it. But also they had these bases in Final Fantasy fifteen that you could take over that were a side mission. But they were such a challenge that it almost felt like a separate story in and of itself, kind of the way the Riddler missions did. They were a, a nice open-world challenge that almost felt like an instance or a raid, you know? And that was, that was definitely a, a fun way of mixing the open-world feel with the classic Final Fantasy story.
1: Dude, Man, I love um, raids, and I wish that more games implemented them because they are some uh, of the most fun things in any video game.
0: yeah.
3: Final Fantasy 15 is a lot of fun, man. Like uh, people gave it a lot of shit, but you know they did something new and innovative with 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 their series. I I enjoyed it a lot, man.
0: Yeah. Game made me cry at the end, dude. Like especially the post credit shit.
2: Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was good, and they it was had really great bosses. I remember fighting Leviathan a bunch of times. It was a fun ba- boss battle. So
1: he,
0: he's the guy in like the posh market area, like that you fight like the big water shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did
1: that game have like a sixteen hour boss or something like that?
0: No, that was nah. a marketing bullshit. Like oh, uh, all right. I know yeah, yeah. so I didn't know. Yeah, this the is... the big turtle thing that you could I mean it took a, a little bit, but it was not.
2: But that's classic for Final Fantasy games. I mean, the original Final Fantasy Seven last bought. I remember being a kid and it took a long time. And even with the newest one, it took about a solid forty five minutes to get through it.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, we are in classic ECG fashion because we all have a lot to say uh, pretty much out of time. So I don't think we're going to get to the other two topics of being in a gaming rut um, or the uh, comparing, uh, or or, I I should say, suggesting uh, improvements for game systems. But uh, next week, we will definitely come back to those topics. It'll be an easy way to uh, (laughs) have uh, everything decided ahead of time. But I um, just want to wrap up with uh, what we've been playing. And Dow. I, I wanted to add t- to you, uh, it's my bad. I try to remember when we have somebody uh, on for the first time. Uh, so talk about what you've been playing for sure. But uh, Tell us, what, what's your favorite game of all time? And what game are you looking forward to most, like say in the next like, calendar year?
2: Ooh, so for the year, it's definitely Cyberpunk. Um, I think I first heard about the game maybe two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. and uh just been excited ever since um favorite game of all time might be final fantasy 7 it was one of the first ones i ever beat as a kid and uh you know if you don't know the pain of having to go through a four disc game then you just you just won't understand the satisfaction that came with beating a game like that especially when the final boss was level nine 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 but uh so that's definitely one of my favorites. And in terms of what I'm playing, it's actually funny when talking about massive world, I've been playing, um, elder scrolls online again, oh, nice. um, you know, just, just kind of looking for something to mess around with. And my brother in law just started the game. So I've been running through it with him and it's a massive, massive map, but it does kind of what George was alluding to where you can clear a whole area and just move on and you don't have to go back if you don't want to
3: you Playing that on uh on PC or the Xbox
2: PS4? Oh, you heard
3: that? 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 PlayStation, baby. You know, we have that for free on the Xbox, (laughs) right?
2: Well, I had the game from years ago when it first came out.
3: Gotcha, gotcha. Me me and Dowell, uh, game share, by the way. That's why I was mentioning that because I hadn't
0: seen him play that, so that's news to me. Oh, that's a great feature, by the way. Um, Oh, yeah, sharing. Um, Adam, what have you been playing, my friend? All right.
4: Well, recently I bought a big dick PC, so I've been mm-hmm. uh, playing all that good stuff. I started playing Gears Tactics because I'm a sucker for XCOM kind of oh, games. Oh man, I want
1: to play this. Soon.
4: Oh man, I'm te- that's going to be an Xbox Series X launch title 100 because there's already controller support built into the PC version. I think they're just waiting to release it. Um, it's awesome. Oh, fuck. it's Gears of War XCOM. There's things it does better than XCOM, I think. Um, How's the story though? Story's pretty good so far. It's uh. I mean, it's a gears story. It's like let's round up a crew and go kill this, uh, go kill this grunt. So like that's like there's cutscenes between each mission. So uh, it's pretty solid. It's a long game. It's like thirty something hours. Sweet. Um, but just like the gameplay, is so solid because it's that kind of game. So I played, I think I'm on like ch- chapter two, act four or something like that. So I'm um, pretty decent amount of the game. Um, having a blast with that. Put a ton of time into it. Um, been on the apex grind, and then I started playing Batman's uh, Enemy Within. So season two of the Telltale Batman series. Woo. Completely beat episode one the other night. I why did this game not get more love? That hey, it's I think it's just as solid as the first season. I had a great Agreed. time. I'm ready to finish it up, dude. I was really surprised because no one ever talked about them. Like,
1: no, oh, this game is it solid. Is good. I just beat it not too long ago too, man. That game was awesome. I enjoyed every single minute I spent in that what was that tell Batman Telltale? Story? Yeah, the second yeah. season of the Batman Telltale.
3: I never played any any. I didn't know there was a Batman Telltale. I'll, I'll
1: tell yeah. you. Oh, they're
0: Jeez, neither. They're great because like they turn Batman like on its head, like in a way that doesn't feel like crappy, but like it's very different than like. And I don't want to spoil anything for you because I think that's like part of the fun shock of it. But
5: yeah, it's almost like reading a comic and playing it at the same time. It had enough that's stuff just... to do where you felt like it went smoothly.
3: I just gave up on Telltale after I was, you know, my heart was ripped out after that game of Thrones one that I thought was so good. And yeah, I don't ever get finished.
4: Now you got to pick and choose with them, but they're, they're really good. Ones are really good. Yeah. Really good. So that's it. Yeah. Tactics, gears, tactics, and, uh, some Batman.
0: Cool. Hell
4: yeah. Uh, George. Go um,
3: George. yeah, for me, uh, I finished final fantasy seven. loved it. Uh, great game, uh, great ending. Um, I was, uh, yeah, like, going towards the end i'm like am i really not gonna get to fight you know who and then i was like oh okay we're gonna get to fight you know so i was uh i was a little bit of worried about that but i thought you know had a had a, a good break i'm um, excited for whatever comes next uh, uh, you know it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it i played it passively and um uh, definitely recommend it um since then i've also did you ever
0: oh, before you move on did you ever conquer the uh, chin-ups of course. Yeah. of course. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, that shit was
3: yeah. so shitty. But I Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was uh, that, that was tough for sure.
2: So uh, to give some some insight on the pain of the original, you don't fight new you know who until the fourth disc in the no, original man.
5: Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Oh
3: god man. I never played it, but I do remember like playing Final Fantasy Nine and I think that was something like four discs as well. Um but anywho. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Destiny, uh, really have gotten into, like, high-end competitive uh, Destiny, uh, well, as competitive as it can be, you know, so I've kind of really elevated my game and just been playing a lot of PvP in it, um, you know, found a, a group of guys that have similar interests that I've been playing with a lot, so it's been, it's been fun uh, playing a lot of sweaty games, as, as stressful as it can be sometimes. Uh, I'm excited for the the next season of it. Hopefully, it, it delivers because uh, there's definitely some stuff that that they missed on. Um, but I've also recently gone back to uh, Fire Emblem. I am a hundred hours into that game, like <laughs> fucking deep. Um, and yeah, I'm. It's exactly what I'm waiting to do as soon as we get off right here, man. I'm doing my <laughs> my. my oh, uh,
0: Glad you're liking it, man. Like I had a feeling. I'm like I think George liked this so. Yeah, yeah.
3: was I'm in the Black Black Eagles, right? Black yeah. Eagles um, playthrough right now. Um, it's 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 interesting because my first playthrough obviously was with Golden Deer, um, and then I think when when we when we talked about the game, I, I mentioned that I enjoyed the first half of the game a lot more because of the, you know the recruiting and like kind of the build up. But now that I'm doing a second playthrough, I'm like, nah, man, I I want to get to the second half. I want to know like the time skip. I want to know like the all out battles and wars. Because <clears throat> I, I guess I'm a little disappointed that the first half is basically the same yeah. for all the, the the houses. Um so I'm kind of just trying to like blitz through that to get to the top tu- you know, to the good stuff in terms of uh in terms of story. So I don't know if there's gonna be another one like like this. I I, I hope so um I, i'm as soon as i finish this i am 100 percent going to go into the blue lines then i'm probably going to buy the dlc <laughs> um, <laughs> wow shit, i just I, all right i, I just want to know what happens to all of them you know but i made a decision that I, you know i only recruited um one character well two characters one because i liked them and the other one because i lost her in the golden deer so i don't even know what happens to her um lysithia so i um but I, but I don't want to recruit too many because I want to just fight them all later. So, I don't know, man. I'm really into it. I just kind of like the story. And, and um, I think I'm going to play it as much as I can um, for sure. It's been fun, man. It's a, it, and it just, I just like how you can pick it. Like, like you said, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. You can pick that game up and play 30 minutes, an hour, or five hours. And all of them are, you know, fulfilling
1: for sure. Right on. Zach yeah man I've been pretty busy with what I've been playing just because I've been picking up and putting down and spending some time in one and not as much in others but um I beat Dishonored 2 twice nice uh which was absolutely incredible Uh, I want to say I liked the first game more just because I didn't know what to expect with it and it kind of caught me way off guard and blew me away um but the second game was just as good, really, if you, if you look at it. And, and the introduction of Emily's powers and everything and all those different ones and the new game plus where you combine them was even cooler. So, yeah, that game was awesome. I'm running through um, Death of the Outsider now, fairly early in that. So, But, you know, still that awesome gameplay loop. Uh, Billy's got different characters. I mean, different characters. Billy lyrics has got different powers than uh, Corvo or Emily did. So that's really cool. uh I beat... The second season of Telltale's The Walking Dead. Uh, that was really good. That's really it was really you know cool to see where Clem left off because I hadn't played The Walking Dead Telltale games since season one first came out. So uh, playing that was awesome. Now I'm really excited to play season and I've been playing what else? There was a, oh Shadow of War. Yeah, I just I beat uh, Shadow of War and that was really awesome too. But much I think just much much better than the first game in terms of um you know they they separated those areas so it was more open area than it was open world so like i I didn't have a problem going through um i feel like man they give those orcs so much personality like each (laughs) each each different uh um what do they call them uh captains each different captain that you run into man it's just got such such a different personality man and it makes it makes hunting them hunting them all down like fun and you know, when you see them and they like they look cool. Like for me, the way that I was raising my Orc army was I just wanted all the ones that looked the coolest. So <laughs> if you were just an Orc that had a bow, but you were a captain, I wanted nothing to do with you. I wanted the Orc that has, you know, he looks like um, Victor Zaz. He's got, you know, tally marks the, 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 carved shit. all over him and everything. Uh, but yeah, man, that game was super cool. I, I wish more uh, games would implement the Nemesis system. You know, I, I wish that would just like become a thing uh, even if it's not to the full extent of, of the way that they do it in Shadow of War, man, I think it's such a cool system that a lot of games could uh, really uh, take and tweak and, and make work for whatever property it is they're using it for. Are you but,
0: familiar with the Nemesis system, George? Like, did you ever play those games? What was that? Say that again? Do you, do you, are you familiar with the Nemesis system? Like, did you ever play those? No. So basically, it's like Beautiful. if if you get killed by like a regular ass like enemy or sometimes like... If they like get away, like there's a lot of different things that like can happen. They evolve into like an emergent like mini boss in the game that's unique to your thing, and they will like hold a grudge, they get more (laughs) powerful, and like they will hunt you down. Like it's a very fucking awesome mechanic, like for a game, very clever thing that happens.
1: It sounds cool. And they did nothing but approve upon in the second game, like with the introduction of like Blood Brothers and all those different things, man. Like you'll go and you'll start fighting uh, one of the captains and his blood brother will just randomly show up and ambush you and be like oh nah, man i'm not gonna let you take on this guy you know ambush him blah, blah, blah. And like now you gotta fight two of them, Both of them. and yeah. like or and then like while you're doing that another captain can come and just be like i i don't i don't like any of you and he'll just <laughs> start fighting all you guys but like it's so cool man oh man i i i could go on a lot about this game man because i had a lot of fun playing it like when i, I, I said that was second, in a so like i, I eventually oh I man it's on it's on game pass i know i know it's, it Dude, definitely play it time. because it is i i think personally it's just it's much better than the first game they they did a really good job yeah it's um, a very
5: underrated game maybe
1: after last it's... of us and uh ghost Tsushima, assuming that ghost is good yeah and like yeah like you said the way that the nemesis system works like if you so you can brand different orcs and like you can pretty much take them and put them on your side but like an orc will come back that you i don't know had forgot about that you fought at the very beginning of the game right but he'll come back later on and be like oh you remember me but he'll have the handprint from keller on his face and everything still and everything it's like cool little details like that not that you know who keller brimbo is but like it's it's just an awesome game, man. And and I feel like it got super overshadowed. I don't I don't know. I feel like a lot yeah. of people didn't talk about Overshadowed it as much as of game. Mordor? You hey! But hey, oh, um uh, <laughs> Bobby, what
0: have you been playing, my friend?
5: So what? let me tell y'all about Platinum and Sea Land. Oh, so uh ever know. since I uh <laughs> I've been playing actually I've been going back and forth because my daughter's been getting into the games now. Uh so I have a PS3 and one of those they call it, what is it, those games, personal gaming environment where you can put a system in the little briefcase with the screen. And oh, she's yeah. been playing my PS3. Yeah. And I, I forgot about all the games that I purchased and never played on there. Uh, so we were in The Puppeteer, which is an amazing game. The storyline was great. I was shocked. Uh, oh, NBA Jam. We went at it on there. I had to beat her. Uh, it's just, it's NBA Jam. Why couldn't I couldn't uh, let But then Spyro, she's been playing a lot of Spyro. The, the first one because it came with the trilogy. Um, and then Rage Two was a huge disappointment. For all those freaking trailers. It's like Anthem. It it's, it pumps you up but then it just craps right in your face because it was just awful. <laughs>
1: wait, wait, like, wait. How wait, do wait you hold on.
5: Drive. Ugh.
1: I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta stop you there because there are there are <laughs> a lot of cool things about Rage. Like the story awful. But like the gameplay yeah, loop and the powers and the gunplay and everything like that all worked really well. But what about
5: the driving though?
1: Like yeah, that. not the best. You're I tried to always. The motorcycle
5: and I went off like cliffs in a row.
1: Yeah, I tried to always get on that bike thingy that flew around because I just found like that got me around the quickest. But uh, the gunplay so yeah, and everything I, and all that, yeah, I feel I feel. Worked I do really like well the well shooting.
5: It does have it. It does work. And then the little power where you can see where people are. I like that. That's intriguing. Uh, but it, I mean, it was the first I purchased and opened in a long time. Uh, oh, but I also, oh, geez. so the last two I was playing Maneater where you're a shark and you eat people, uh, I will say don't do it around your children uh, because <laughs> they hear people screaming, and I did not realize that they could uh, they could see everything when uh, people are eaten by the shark. Uh, it's a good game, but it's definitely repetitious. you are doing the same crap all over. But the guess- best game I've played lately is Minecraft Dungeon. I was shocked that it's almost like Diablo-like, uh, but it's uh, Minecraft, and I've enjoyed it. It's pretty good. Highly recommend it. Sonic the Fighters, I played that too. I don't recommend it. It's like Mortal Kombat with Sonic, but they're awful. Ugh. But yeah. Nice, Foxyland 2 coming up. And <laughs> wait.
0: Foxyland 3, yeah. I, mean.
5: I did, yeah, not to cut you off, but I did sign up for PlayStation Now only because I did not buy Control. That was the first game where I tried to do the, the Chris thing and not buy the games when they come out. And Control, I think it was like 30 bucks, but PS Now is $10 a month. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. I haven't played it yet. But I did download it. Control is great.
0: Yeah. I, I've a... heard
5: good things, but I was, I was hesitant to buy it. I didn't want to keep buying games. I mean, even though I keep doing it. But, and then
0: let them. Nice and linear. Uh, some collectibles, but not an obnoxious amount. Cool story. Like, that's just my kind of weird, personally, control. So let me know what you think of it once you, once you get into it. Yeah, sure. I'll let you know. Awesome um well i will round it out here so on pc i'm wrapping half-life 2 tonight uh on on stream uh this past weekend i played through halo 2 and halo 3 as part of rental rush that was fun i played oh, them dude, since college good. um <laughs> i on my switch have been playing what the golf which is just
2: well, I heard
0: delightful man if you want something that's like really fun to like pick up and play for like I would say, like, 30 minutes at a time. You know, like, just need to kill a half hour, especially, like, playing in bed. You know, like, it's one of those games that's just, like, it's great. Um, it's It can be challenging, but never frustrating. And it's just a love song to video games in general. I don't want to, like, spoil how, but, like, some of, like, the, the areas, like, are very much, like, homages to, like, specific games and genres. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just constantly delighted by that game uh obviously like we talked about i've been playing through arkham city that's been exciting um i think since last we podcasted i beat final fantasy 7 and um near automata which uh i have basically said is not my favorite game of this generation it's not the best game of this generation but it's by far the most unique game this generation and if you have ever had somebody recommend near automata uh, to you and you have not played it you owe them a fucking apology because it's great like um you essentially beat the game three times to get the full story, but like each playthrough is uh, either moderately different to majorly different than the, the prior playthroughs. Sometimes in cha- changing the you know the narrative completely, uh, or like who you're playing as, and it's just fucking great. like it's a good game. I would not recommend looking anything up about it. It's an action RPG made by Platinum Games. So if you've ever played Bayonetta or something like that, you pretty much have a sense of like what the combat will feel like and uh yeah it's just it's great so it's on game pass worth playing i think it took me ooh, all told like 37 hours i think to beat it three times and get most of the achievements which i thought was fair given um like that it saves your site like if you do a side quest on one playthrough you don't have to do it again on your second which is nice so that's it that's it for me um yeah anybody have anything that they want to plug before we wind down and say say good night
5: Batman will be announced at the PlayStation 5 event, and I'm hoping it's cross-play. Or not crossplay. I hope it's on everything. I don't want exclusive Batman.
4: I just want it to be announced. I don't give a damn where
1: that, it that's is. That's yo, me dude, Just like to announce Jeff, it already, man. Like yeah, if it's Jeff, Court of Owls, like, uh, I will Jeff lose Killy, my shit. His first if they do the Court of Owls, man. Oh, oh my God. Court of it. Owls
5: would be freaking beautiful. Or White Knight, where Batman was a bad guy and yep. Joker was a good guy. That'd be, oh, man.
0: That'd be great as, as well but yeah but as far any as port, like, any projects or anything like anybody's working on streams anything adam now that you got that rig are you getting back into the uh streaming game what's up man i
4: will start streaming eventually i did yeah. just get it so i could edit faster yeah I <laughs> it, man.
0: it's nice dude like uh and now that you have one like i know you like bought one like that was uh like where you like customize it and they built it for you but um I can walk you through how to do anything that you need to do I've gone through all the pain and suffering of building a PC so you don't have to so if you want to switch out components or anything I can walk you through pretty cool. easily yeah
4: because it's beefy shit right now but in a couple of years I'm
5: sure I'll have to upgrade something so
0: yeah it's awesome Man, well nothing for
5: me Same old. mine is now used for school I have all this crap hmm? the BPPC PC and it's used for uh, kindergarten bug games
0: that's how it goes man but uh summer's around the corner so you'll be able to reclaim it soon enough um yeah i'm hoping the next rental rush i can do is going to be be back on the couch again um i also hope to resume recording dark souls academy it was a bummer that we just got that show off the ground and didn't even put out an episode before we had to stop because i didn't want to like release two episodes and go well it's going to be months until we can do, <laughs> do this again but uh um yeah, I still stream on Mondays and Thursdays. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, It's Waterman. Dowell, uh, social media plug or any other kind of plug?
2: Yeah, I got uh, Twitter, Dowell99, D-O-W-E-L-L, 99. That's it. Right on, man.
0: Well, that uh, definitely thank you for coming on. And uh, stay, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We, uh, we may have some exciting announcements uh, soon. And I'm hoping maybe... Dowell can can have a uh, part as large or small as he wants to and some of the exciting stuff that we have planned coming up.
5: Yeah, come to PlayStation, mate. <laughs> oh, man. I, need,
0: I need a friend. You know how hard it is playing games by yourself all the time?
5: It's boring.
3: I don't think <laughs> any of us playing on PlayStation 4 is going to help you get
5: more... Uh, Let me co- tell you. ...Foxy Landon? Oh, my <laughs> God. I beat it. It's over. Well, I got to beat the second one. <laughs> hey, look, look. Greg Miller did it. So I only did it because of him.
3: I just can't imagine signing on to the PlayStation network and receiving Foxyland invites from Bobby.
0: <laughs> Me either. Yeah. It's two of us.
5: It may happen. I got to update my Xbox again. Well, uh, again.
0: Right, so fellas, fellas, be safe. I love all you guys. I know uh especially the start of the episode was, you know, not the uh the most pleasant uh, you know, topic of conversation, but it's an important topic of conversation and I'm glad I had you guys there to talk talk through it with. So um thanks for I'm glad for hanging out. I yeah, appreciate it. Um all right. Well, I love everybody listeners like, share, subscribe and be safe, be well. Have a good night.